Welcome to the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we highlight the people, the technologies, and the companies that are shaping the future of retail. Today, we are joined by Jesse Michael, Managing Director at Depth Mind. Jesse, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, this is great. So this, this happened on real short notice, and we are pumped because we think this news is timely. And Adept Mine has been working with, for everyone listening, Adept Mine has been working with Centennial, the mall operator, to create almost a front-end digital marketplace for their malls. And we want to talk to Jesse about that and see what it's all about. But first, we want to learn a little bit more about Jesse because I know Anne, you think he has like one of the coolest sounding names, and he's also Canadian. Obviously. Yeah, obviously, Jesse Michael sounds like a rock star. And he's Canadian, which if you follow our show, Canadians are attracted to us like moths to flames. We don't know why, but here's another one. Shout out to all the Canadian people listening. But Jesse, let's start. Who are you and what is Adept Mind? Uh, Yeah, so myself, sort of my background, uh, I've been in, uh, you know, retail tech for for a number of years across two startups. and predominantly sort of, you know, leading in the retail technology space, working a couple of different products and working with innovative, uh, innovative clients. So, so personally, I love that, um, you know, for myself working in these different businesses, uh, you know, across retailers directly, as well as, you know, now shopping centers, um, you know, I've had a taste of kind of the different areas of, of retail business and, and watch the, the ups and downs and ups and downs that, and especially as we're seeing it now, um, you know, that we're going through. So it's, uh, it, it's really been interesting, especially in the last year and a half. So I joined a mine a year and a half ago. Um, we're, we're a three-year-old startup, uh, based in Toronto, um, you know, primarily focusing on, uh, retail tech. AI and machine learning for product discovery. That's kind of our core business model. Okay. And then we've got two sort of streams off of that. One being uh, working with retailers directly. So we have a lot of partnerships on that side of the business with Alta Beauty, Decathlon, uh, US Polo, and a number of others. And then uh, on the other side with shopping centers, uh, again, working with Centennial, uh, as well as Cadillac Fairview. And uh, obviously we'll go into that a little bit later uh, on how this whole thing started. but. That's sort of our background, and and to be honest, how it all started. Our two co-founders uh, started a company previously uh, called Maluba back in 2012. Um, it was the first voice uh, technology and voice capability services for Tesla, LG, mm. BlackBerry, sort of pre-Siri, um, and Alexa, and everything else that we're aware of now. And they they sold that to Microsoft back in 2017. So. Spun off from that, understood the technology and understood a lot of the problems in uh, in the market, spun off and started a debt mine. So that's how we got to, to where we are now. That's really interesting. And uh, I didn't know the new, I didn't know about Cadillac Fairview too. Those are, that's some great people there too. So that's, I'm curious to hear more about that. But before we get into it, let's get into the meat. I got to ask one more question. Why sure. is, why are Canadians seemingly so like tuned in to innovation and what needs to happen in retail right now? Like I, what is it about it? What's in the water? I, Cause point. I really think there's something to this. And so I'm asking the question right for the horse's mouth. What, what, what is it? That's a, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think we've seen the, especially in Toronto and, and mm-hmm. Montreal as well too, we've seen a massive boom in, 
in tech and and even you know Shopify based in Ottawa. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a massive boom in tech here, and and then you think about Waterloo and Kitchener too. I mean that's that's a massive area for tech. So I think it's just the convergence of a lot of a lot of smart people in a, in a condensed area that are trying to tackle tackle problems and it's it I don't know I don't know honestly it's not a it's not a question I've been asked before and nothing I've really kind of thought of but um, I think it's just it's a very competitive market here now and you know people are saying it's a Silicon Valley of the North but mm-hmm. um, you know I, I like to think that there's a lot of just really good homegrown talent trying to be innovative and there's good there's good government backing too around programs and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff around tech to to help startups um, you know, thrive and survive, especially in times that we're going through right now, there's been a lot of good benefits to that. So I think you're seeing, uh, just the product of that and the school, uh, a lot of the schools around us too are really strong in, in producing good products. So, um, yeah, I would say it's a competitive nature of, of everything too. Yeah. Jesse at Adept Mind, have you, when you, when they kind of started going for this first product that you were going to put out, had you like intended to go right to retailers had you intended to go right to malls like tell me a little bit about you know with every all the retail tech happening there all the innovation what kind of influenced the decision to go forward with the product that you guys just put out today it's a good question too um you know our focus for the first year and a half two years was really on on retail and uh and focusing on retailers and bringing a unique approach to product discovery and search. Um, there's a lot of search companies out there, um, a lot that go directly for sort of the long tail and not really a lot that go for the, the head and the enterprise retailers. And that was really our approach was to um, go after, you know, an approach enterprise retailers from a consultant standpoint, from a, you know, okay. just pure, hey, we, we've done this product before. We understand the issues. We understand, especially three, four years ago that, you know, a lot of um, enterprise companies were just dipping their toes into AI and machine learning and, and starting to understand this whole, uh, this whole market and this whole industry, but maybe hadn't done or had direct teams involved in that sort of thing. There was a lot of conversation around e-commerce, but as we know, store sales were still crushing e-com and it wasn't mm-hmm. a massive industry. So for us, focusing on retail was, was really, really interesting and we learned a lot uh, through that. And we developed a lot of products from it, um, but that's sort of what led us uh, towards the shopping center, shopping center side. And what was kind of the pitch to them? I mean, what what were you selling in that capacity when you were going to these enterprise retailers? A lot of cases, um, then it was it was competing in search, and okay. it was competing in that that search space. And I think we learned from that that you know a lot of the same conversations were happening at that point of, Hey, we can, you know, if you inject our AI and machine learning, we're going to, we're going to drive conversion. We're going to, you know, drive AOV up. We're going to, we're going to do all these metrics. And it was, I think it was lost in translation because everybody has the same message. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, especially when I joined, I sort of looked at everything and said, listen, like, I think there's more to this. I think we're, we're actually being innovative in the space when I look at the entire, you know, the competitive set when it comes to retailers specifically. And, you know, we actually had two or three products that retailers weren't even doing themselves. We have, you know, we were doing image, image pills, like you see on Google right now, we called it guided discovery. We've been doing that for almost a year Hmm. with some of our retail partners, even before Google launched it. And, 
I know some people will say like, oh, you're crazy, but no, it's true. And uh, we kind of back it up. But um, obviously if you see Google doing it and YouTube doing it, it's, it's a great backing of, of the technology that you're building. But that's just one example that we were doing that retailers really weren't picking up on because I don't think we were emphasizing it enough. So there were certain things just a lot in the messaging that, that we weren't doing well, that, that we've now switched. Um, and are focusing on a lot of different things with retailers as well, too. There's this whole data as a service approach, um, you know, different products that we're helping with in terms of, as I mentioned before, uh, a lot of retailers don't have uh, an AI or machine learning team or services that sort of power that side of commerce. And I think we found a niche for us where we could actually come in and not necessarily sell, but just, you know, play the doctor patient and say, what are your issues? What are you, what are you struggling with? Is it, is it product tagging? Is it, you know, is it external data? Is it relevancy? Is it, you know, reviews? Like what are, what are the things that are troubling you and you know, your problems and how can we help? And I think that's sort of, that is the messaging we're leading with now with retailers directly. And we're seeing good success. As I said, you know, we're working with Alta and that's been a, a partnership for about a year now. And um, U.S. Polo uh, signed on around February or March, actually right when when COVID hit, and then uh, we've got a few others in in the pipeline that will be you know closing soon in the next couple of months as well. That's it, yeah. So kind of a triage approach, and then really grounded, you know, historically in in search and how that works. And so I can see, yeah, I can see in, in a lot of ways how that would lead to Centennial. Well, let's shift gears there then, and I I think for context too, I think for those listening who may not know. Uh, I wrote an article in Forbes back in, I think it was April, where I talked about the idea of a digital front-end marketplace for malls, where malls essentially need to act, in our opinion, like quasi-retailers in a way, uh, and create an almost like retail-like experience, you know, for what they're doing at the mall. And I think with COVID, all of that's been, you know, uh, hastened or sped up because you're now talking about coordinating curbside pickup, things like concierge servicing. Jesse, how did the centennial relationship start? So take us back to that. And, and how much was COVID an influence uh, that you can talk about? Sure. Yeah. No, it, uh, it started roughly in actually right in March or in, okay. in, in April or so. Uh, I did an article with, with ICSC on uh, our partnership actually with Cadillac Fairview, which goes back, uh, back about a year before that. So last May, uh, they approached us around doing some work with them uh, and they were launching an app and, and wanted our support just from, they'd heard what we'd done with product discovery and search for retailers. And we had neighboring buildings in Toronto. So it was kind of a, a nice relationship. We kind of knew of them, they knew of us. Um, so we got started sort of in that realm with them and uh, was discussing the partnership with them and what we were providing for them in terms of, again, product discovery, aggregation of all the retailers, the SKUs and in Eaton Center is our proof of concept in Toronto and, and they've since actually launched to 19 other centers uh, in Canada as well. So they're, they're totally across 19 centers with their app solution and, and we're supporting and, and helping to power that. Um, and what, and what's, what does that mean? So lay that out for everybody too, like in terms of what you're supporting currently, what does that mean? Are you helping, is it findability search? Uh, what types of things are you coordinating for them within the app? Yeah. So aggregation of, of products. Uh, okay. So a combination between us and their teams bringing product feeds together and, um, you know, search primarily guided discovery. Uh, so right on the right on the home screen of their app, it's, you know, from a search standpoint, from a category browse, 
Uh, we've added a lot of different filters around occasion filters. Those are really important sure. uh, if you're looking for, you know, dresses or shoes or anything for certain occasions. So we've done a lot of innovation within that, uh, within that as well in, in partnering with them. Um, but predominantly it's been product discovery and search. Uh, search and discovery, not necessarily commerce yet at that, at this stage correct. with those guys too. And is that, and that's, so in, in terms of Centennial too, like where are you there then? With Centennial, we're, where we're focused is uh, once Whitney uh, Livingston, their, their chief operating officer, picked up on the ICSC article, uh, she contacted me. We started having a conversation around their vision, and it seemed to align around, hey, for all seven of your centers, um, let's actually grab products. Let's actually go further and, and focus on restaurants and services as well and do a complete aggregation of all the tenants in your shopping centers into you know, everybody calls it a marketplace. Everybody likes to call the, throw the marketplace word around, but right. it is what it is. It is. Um, you know, it is a marketplace in a sense. And let's bring that together and not an app format, but on, on your website. So uh, building this directly into your, uh, into your websites for all the different shopping centers. So individual search uh, searches for, or search products, sorry, for each individual center, enabling shoppers and the traffic that's already going to their site to have access to, you know, all of these different products, all these different restaurants, all these different services all in one spot. And, and that's really where the conversation took off mm-hmm. and, and it's continuing to, to boom. And you guys are doing this in phases now too, right? Correct me. I think this is, I think you're calling this shop now. Is that right? And there's, there's a number of phases by which you're approaching the, this effort. Can you talk about that? Sure. So, um, you know, Centennial's dubbed this shop now. Okay. And uh, yeah, approaching it in, in multiple different phases. So phase one is, is, is again, getting product discovery stood up uh, across the seven different centers, um, you know, enabling customers to search for different products. Uh, there'll be a restaurant component and a services component as well to that. Okay. Uh, but predominantly, uh, customers can then or shoppers can then find, uh, actually click through the products, uh, go to the product display page directly within, uh, within the shopping center site see all the information on the product, uh, as well as for, for certain number of stores, local inventory. And that's, that's been the key piece to this project. That's a major differentiator and, and why it is really uh, the first solution of its kind to market and why it's unique is the fact that we are embedding and inputting uh, local product inventory. There's so many people, and we kind of talked about it before the show, but there's so many people who, are coming at this, especially some legacy mall players who are saying like, this can't be done. You know, it's too much. There's too much coordination. There's too, you know, it's managing multiple retailers, multiple product feeds, multiple locations. What do you have to say to that? I mean, it, you've already done phase one, you're about to roll out phase two. What do you have to say to those people who, who maybe were doubting that this is a possibility? Uh, it's not five years ago. And, um, you know, for us, it's a lot of products have, have been developed over the last number of years, whether it's in transportation or uh, logistics or, you know, just retailers in general developing, um, you know, their owned and operated uh, properties and, and technology. It's, it's possible now. Uh, we've built a, a platform that, uh, you know, we don't need retailer tenant buy-in from. We can wow. do it all on our end. Um, and that's been one of the things too that I would say before is one of the downsides is retailers and tenants needed to buy into this. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're doing a lot of the, the back-end work 
uh, developers um, and landlords actually, you know, leave it all to us. So they literally just say, here's access to our website or access to our apps and go ahead and do your development. Um, and that's really where it differs from, from previous, uh, previous times. Okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta push you and ask you some things on that then. I mean, sure. I, you Tian's point, like when I, when I wrote that article on social media, like I was, some people slammed me, like they thought I was ridiculous for suggesting it. And now I'm like, look, look, look at it now people are doing it. So that's great. But the quite the one, the pushback I always hear, which is really key to what you just said is that the retailers will never go for this. They'll never align for this. And, and my point is like always been what other choices do they ultimately have in the long run. When you start talking about inventory data and inventory fees, and then we haven't gotten to the next stage, which is actually commerce. Yep. How, how are you bringing everybody on board for that? How are you getting that information? From, from an inventory standpoint, the, the data is accessible. That's what I can say. If retailers have inventory available, then we can access it in a number of different ways. Same with product feeds. So back to my, back to my point about five years ago, um, you know, things have changed from five years ago. You think about product feeds, you think about, you know, e-com feeds, um, you know, five, six years ago, those were really new. And that was a new sort of product development through, if you could grab an entire product catalog through an API, that was, that was new to the market. You really, there were right. select retailers that could do that. Now that's right. very commonplace. Right. Uh, so that's how we're grabbing a lot of the products is through APIs and, um, you know, in some cases, direct partnerships with retailers. On the other side, same with inventory feeds. Inventory feeds were, were really where product feeds were five, six years ago. It's still, it's still in its infancy, but especially due to COVID, a lot of retailers are, um, you know, building out their technology stacks, including inventory, because they want to do buy online, pick up in store and curbside. So that's a massive, massive uh, technology gain that they've made uh, in the last number of years. And, and that's enabled us to put this technology together and bring it to life for, for shopping centers. I was wondering if that's, that's, that, that seemed to me like it would probably be the linchpin in terms of all the movement that's blown going that way. But like, okay, so now next question, like as, I, as we start to stage this out and we get to what I think is Anne and I's nirvana, my nirvana, if I speak appropriate English, yeah. um, you, I, you know, my vision would be there's a mall cart too, that there's a mall cart that can coordinate pickup, concierge services, even direct to home should people want it. Like, where is that in the roadmap? Is it in the roadmap? And, you know, how far are we there from there? What's it going to take? Yep. And that's, uh, that's a part of uh, phase two for Centennial. And, okay. you know, for other shopping centers, you should be aware that that, that is available. So uh, we are, there's a number of different ways to do it. I won't go into specifics. I'll keep it pretty high level because there's a number of different ways that, that you can operate this. Uh, to your point, you mentioned concierge. That could be one way. Um, but basically, it's facilitating. We do have a cart that's associated with this for phase one, where if you add all of your products to a shopping cart, the individual transactions will take place um, on the retailer's site. So you'll, be, you'll, you'll link out from the purchase page to the retailer's site directly to that product. You know, you can buy online, pick up in store, ship it, curbside, whatever the retailer offers, you'll have that as a selection. Um, in phase two, a lot of, you know, what I was just discussing will be brought into the fold and actually give shoppers the option directly from the shopping center website or app, the ability to, to make these selections on those products, whether it's, again, curbside pickup, buy online, pickup in store, shipment, if there's a logistics piece that can be connected, we can tie into that. 
Uh, we don't offer that ourselves, but if the shopping center has a logistics partner, we can absolutely tie into that and, and bring it to life. So it's totally possible and it's possible now. And at, at that stage, do you need the retailers buy-in or can you make that happen regardless make of where that happen with it. Really? It's unbelievable. Oh, okay. Jesse. I see that. Good for you guys. I mean, can we even ask what phase best. three looks like? <laughs> like what's, what's beyond there? What else can you possibly do? So I, I think for me, and, and this is really the, the one piece I wanted to, to take away from, you know, from talking uh, with both of you today is, is really there's kind of, if, if you're a shopping center and you're like, oh my God, how do I even start? Mm-hmm. There's, there's sort of four pillars that, that we kind of look at this and sort of approach, the, approach everything when you're looking at, you know, this problem or whatever, however you want to call it, or this solution, how do I get started? I mean, the first is just building the foundation. So to me, it's, it's like building a house. You can't, you can't build a strong house without building a great foundation and, you know, just getting product search live on your web or your app, your owned and operated properties opens you up to so many other opportunities. So that's what I mean by building the foundation. It leads to monetization. It leads to personalization. If you have a loyalty program, you can grow your, grow your loyalty program, grow those owned and operated properties just by having, you know, product search available, um, product search and also restaurants and, and services. I can't forget them either, but having this sort of um, three headed dragon included in, in that is building your foundation. Number two is shopper data and analytics. I mean, how many analytics um, companies are out there for shopping centers? There's a ton. But one thing that uh, a lot of shopping centers are missing is our access is access to data on their shoppers. This just gives another layer, if, especially if you can identify who the shopper is through a loyalty program or anything like that, you can start to layer in data and understand who this customer is. Cause right now you're, you're blocked by a lot of different things. You know, it could be privacy, it could be whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start to actually build good personas around this to, mm-hmm. to help again with personalization and, and all of that. Number three is supporting local. So, right. um, you know, what we've done actually is, is, and this is a question that continues to come up from a lot of, a lot of landlords and developers is how are you supporting mom and pop stores? You know, how are you supporting the local, the local shop? And for us, we took that seriously. We actually built a product um, you know, that's agnostic. Anybody can have access to it from a developer or landlord that enables mom and pops to go in if they don't have an e-commerce site to actually go in and upload products, upload imagery, upload inventory counts, etc., and manage this through this, that this then connects through to the search platform. So their, their products and their brand and their store will show up in that. The key piece here too is if they go through all this work and they go, I just spent all this time creating this store, I might as well just have e-commerce. We've actually built the dashboard in a way that we can easily convert it to a Shopify store. So they can actually go from having no e-commerce presence to presence in the search and actually take it then to an e-commerce site if they want to go that far. So that's pillar three. And then, and four is connected commerce, which, which we've talked about is, you know, the, is, is the local store inventory. It's one car checkout, it's buy online curbside delivery. And, and you're talking about where we're going in the future. It's, it really is that, um, you know, when retailers, um, you know, actually have access to inventory and, uh, you know, there's a Holy grail of, 
you know, connecting directly into retailers and partnering with them, which is why the second side of our platform and partnerships, like I said, with Ulta yeah. and all these other guys is so important uh, for us as a platform. As we grow that side of our business, we're able to open up a lot of other doors on, uh, on the connected commerce piece. Holy cow. That was awesome. That was, that was probably the best, one of the best, I think, I don't know how long that was that framework, but the best four or five minutes we've ever had on this show. So I think that was really stellar and I'm already, my brain's already moving in terms of like what to do and how to create content out of that. So great job, Jesse. But Hey man, I think on that note, I think let's end it there. Cause I don't think any questions I can ask, especially are going to take this any further, but let's get you out of here with our game. How millennial are you? And you ready for this one? I am Jesse. Are you ready? I think so. All right. I don't know. Let's see. It'll be good. It'll be good. Cool. If you can, if you can make it through a hockey game, you can make it through how millennial are you? Perfect. Okay. Jesse, when you're going to pay for your groceries, what do you pull out at checkout? Mobile payment, cash, credit card. What is it? I was going to answer the question before you gave me options. Sorry. It's uh, and there's That's the comedian in me saying, sorry already. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's completely mobile payment. I'm totally a millennial. Nice. All right. Good answer. Good answer. Nice uh, next question. In the last week, how many times have you ordered food or drinks from an app? Ooh, uh, probably, well, once for sure. We do, we do Uber Eats once a week. Um, mm. And then I thought you were going to ask me how many times I ordered from Amazon, and I was going to be embarrassed to answer that, so... We'll just, oh, I mean, you can throw this in. This is like wild card millennial. How many times did you order from Amazon in the last week? <laughs> At least 10. Yeah. Careful what routes you go down here, Jesse, because you never know. <laughs> where questions it's, like it's like an addiction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final question. If you could only choose one social platform, which platform would you choose and why? I got a lot of my news from Twitter, funny enough. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I follow a lot of sports and a lot of news news on Twitter. So that's kind of my go-to. Not a not a big fan of Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok or Instagram or anything like that. Or MySpace. So, or MySpace, which I also understand the reference. So, yeah, tick, uh, Twitter for sure. So Twitter. Okay, we haven't had a Twitter drop in a while. We haven't had a Twitter drop. Who, do you have any guilty pleasure follows on Twitter that you want to share with the audience? Not really. It's, it's actually pretty, pretty straightforward. I'm kind of boring that way. It's, it's, it's my wife, even my Instagram too. Like when she looks at it, she's like, it's only sports. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I look at. So my Twitter is literally filled with NFL fantasy stuff, uh, hockey stuff and uh, some political news stuff. Yeah. Pretty kind of boring. You're an NFL guy, huh? Up north, you're an NFL guy. Yeah, Chiefs fan. Uh, been a Chiefs fan. Uh, my cousin, my cousin was a chiropractor for the Chiefs for uh, for 25 years. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So I actually went to I actually watched the Super Bowl in Kansas City, right oh. before everything went lockdown. Right. Yeah. And I missed the parade, but yeah, it was pretty exciting for for us as a family, anyways, because we've been following the Chiefs for for a long time. They're finally That's good. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a big, big one for them. That's a, that's a great football town. So I don't know, Ann, what do you think? How do you do? We'll give it to you. I think so. Yeah. You're, you're a neighboring Canadian anyway. We have to. Yeah. He's only reinventing the mall at the same exactly. time. Exactly. So I yes. think you get, you get some plus talk with that. But all right. Well, hey, 
Jesse, that was awesome. I, I learned a ton from that, which is always kind of, you know, just my validation point for what we're doing and the work we're doing. So if, if people found that interesting, which undoubtedly I think they're going to with this conversation and they want to get in touch with you guys, learn more about how this works, get even more into the details, like what's the best way for them to learn more about a deadline and to get in touch with you? For sure. So kind of, again, there's, uh, if you're a retailer and you're interested in the product discovery work we're doing or the shopping center stuff, uh, reach me on LinkedIn. Um, or you can go to our website, adeptmind.ai, or reach me at jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at adeptmind.ai. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone listening, that was Jesse Michael, the Managing Director of Adept Mind. As always, take care for that day.